With the breeze, this is Jake Conley. Today, JMU football is back home after several weeks on the road to face Villanova in a sold-out Bridgeforth Stadium for JMU's family weekend. I spoke with my colleagues, Breeze Sports Editors Savannah Rieger and Madison Horitzik, about what to look for in the upcoming game and the role that family plays on JMU football. It's Thursday, October 7th, and this is the Morning Breeze. Savannah, Maddie, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Welcoming back, yeah. Awesome. So this week on the cover, Savannah, your story looks at the past, the present, and the future of family legacy on JMU football. Family weekend coming up at JMU. All the parents are coming into town. It's a big topic to cover. we got a lot of stories about family at this school. Let's talk about football, and let's start with the first of those, past. Tell me about the past in family legacy on JMU football. Yeah, so family legacy is everywhere with Jamie football. Um, it's been like that since the program started. They Family sees a good atmosphere. They see what the team does. And when you have brothers that can come and watch how the coaches work and watch how the players interact, they see what goes on there. And so they're more inclined to take an offer if they get it. Like right now, Devin Ravenel, who's a redshirt junior wide receiver on the team, his brother Brandon Ravenel was a captain of the 2016 National Championship team. Right now, redshirt senior tight end Clayton Cheatham is the brother of former Jamie football player Dean Cheatham. You know, they were able to see what they have here, and Clayton's even told me how he wants to elevate his game and know that because he's seen his brother go through these, because he's seen what these other players had to do to endure that National Championship caliber team, that he's more inclined and more motivated to keep it going. Yeah, and you say that family legacy goes all the way back to the start of the program. What makes you say that? I mean, you have to look back at the former JMU football head coach, the first head coach, you know, Chance McMillan. You know, he was someone that constantly talked about family and constantly made this team a family. I mean, the entire team is honoring him this whole season. They all have his name on their helmets, and that was one of his ideals. And so him bringing that here just started that first wave of Jamie football and those family connections. Yeah, great. Another aspect of Coach McMillan's just impact is that he fostered the culture that we see today. And that's where a lot of those family ties come in. They saw the culture that he influenced, that he that he wanted this team to have. And not only did it thrive under JMU, but it expanded and it allowed for all of these brothers to come in and it allowed for parents to kind of show their children, this is the team that I supported and now you get to go and play for the team that I supported when I was a college student. So it's all part of this giant cycle that he started. Yeah, right. Now talk to me about the present of family with Jamie football. The present, which I don't think a lot of people know, um, but Cole Johnson's brother, Crit Johnson, is an offensive lineman, a right tackle actually, at the University of Albany, a CAA rival. Uh, Jamie hasn't played Albany in a while, it's been a few years, but he transferred there after the 2019-2020 season. Um, He was at VMI before, so he's always been FCS, both brothers have always been FCS, Um, and Crit just says phenomenal things about Cole. He's known he could do this. He's, he told tells me stories about how they used to always play catch out in the yard, how they went to all their football camps together. And now that they're both in the CAA, he can't come to Cole's games as often, but he tells me that every Sunday after weights, he goes and watches Cole. He watches his game and just to be there to see how he's doing. And he's always really known that he could come up to this potential. Yeah. Awesome. I'm curious, have you ever heard from the two brothers what might happen if they were to play each other? 
I haven't, but they would have all the respect for each other. That is a very athletic family, actually. Um, their sister Gracie plays D1 volleyball at Duke. So their parents are constantly moving around. Their dad, actually, when they were in high school, was deployed. So when they have family together, it's pretty fun. Uh, they don't have it too often. Um, but that's what Craig kind of talked about. He always wanted to make sure when he could to come up from VMI and he would go to Jamie, even if Cole wasn't playing, to be there for him so they had family. Right. Now tell me about the last part of this, the future in JMU football. Talk to me about that. The future is electric, actually. Um, you have Diamante Tucker-Dorsey, who's a redshirt junior linebacker, actually caught the interception or made the interception um, against New Hampshire this weekend to seal the game for JMU. The next year, his brother comes here um, from Southern Virginia, Tyreek Tucker. And those two, one, they haven't played um, on the team together since high school, but that was JV and varsity. So really, they haven't had a lot of time together um but they've constantly both of them, I got to the chance to talk to both of them and both of them talk about how excited they were to actually be on the same team again they use quote ball out <laughs> so <laughs> they are extremely excited and they have a lot of energy they're both on defense um Tyreek is going to be a defensive lineman so they get the chance to work together to be together and Tyreek just talked about how you know when you come to college it's hard there's a lot of changes but He's going to have his brother here to show him around, to show him what he needs to do to help him keep up with school. And I think that was just, he said it was an easy choice to come to JMU. I think what really kind of just like shows how much these two love and support each other was when uh, Savannah and I were at a media day and she asked him about his brother and you see Diamante's face light up. The biggest smile on his face, you could see the pride coming out of him about the fact that he's coming to JMU, that they get to play together and you could tell that he is over the moon counting down the days till Tyreek joins him at training camp next year. Yeah, awesome. So there's really a through line with this football team. You have the past, the present, and the future all at play here. That mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So now let's actually talk about the team. This Saturday, JV plays Villanova to a sold-out Bridgeforth Stadium. Tell me why this game matters, one, and also why it's sold out. So, well, one of the biggest reasons it's sold out is that it's family weekend. So not only do you have JMU students and their families coming, but so many football player families from everywhere are coming to see their team their team play. They're coming to see their sons play football. And to make it even more exciting, it's an FCS top 15 matchup. Villanova is currently number 11. So not only does JMU have to deal with recovering from UNH in the top 25 matchup that was, they now have to turn gears instead of just a top 25, it's now top 15. So it's an even higher stakes of a matchup. Yeah, so one, it's Jamie's first football game back in Harrisonburg in a month. Um, they played Maine on September 11th, and so, you know, now it's almost a month later. So that's another reason why it's sold out. People are want to come see them, and now it's conference play. This is full conference play, not a conference game scattered between some non-conference games. No, they're in the CAA stretch right now, and they're in their critical part of the schedule. Um, this whole stretch has been part of a four-game where they play a top 25 opponent. And it is important that they go out and do a good home showing before they hit the road for two more. Awesome. And I will fully admit I don't know that much about football, <laughs> but I do know that the, I do know these two teams have a pretty storied history together. Tell me about the history between JMU and Villanova. So first off, you have you can look back in the 2000s. Um, Jamie Football won the national championship in 2004. Um, and then a couple years later, both Richmond and Villanova won national championship in 
football. So that you can look at that. Villanova is historically a very good football team and a good football program. They know how to recruit well. They are really good at recruiting some of those lower-end guys and bringing them up. Um, their quarterback right now, Daniel Smith, they recruited from Campbell, and now he's just been this phenomenal player at the CAA level. And even though they don't describe JMU as their number one rival, they describe Delaware as that, they they take this game extremely seriously. Um, they know what's at stake. I mean, their head coach talked about how you know, it's always fun to get the chance to knock off the top team in the CAA, and that's JMU. I think another thing that fans can, well, a lot of fans will definitely remember is the last time Villanova and JMU played was in 2019, and that was also family weekend. JMU did host that game, and that came down to a game-winning pick six, essentially. So that was a really close game. A lot of fans were a little worried, but it turned out to be a great win for JMU, and there's a, there's a lot of potential that a very similar game is going to be played this Saturday. Yeah. So let's look at Saturday. Tell me, what do we need to be looking out for? Who are the key players in this game that we need to be watching? Daniel Smith is the key player for Villanova. He does everything. Um, he doesn't just stay in the pocket, but he moves around a lot. He's both a running and a passing threat. And as a really veteran guy, he is 100% the player to watch. Um, the Villanova also has Justin Covington back. Um, he was out in the 2019 game, but he is a top their top-tier running back, and he is absolutely phenomenal when he is in the game and when he is healthy, and that's what he is right now. And that's why Villanova is consistently scoring points. You know, I think on the JNU side, it's going to be interesting to see how the offense bounces back. They didn't have the best game against UNH um, with 14 of the 21 points that UNH scored were all defensive points. So it'll be interesting to see how much Cole bounces back. We all know that he's had a great season so far, has a lot of confidence. So seeing him bounce back after getting his first interception of the season is going to be really key. But another big player that is going to definitely have an impact is running back Percy J. Obese. He finally got his season start um, against UNH. And so he had a few carries and we'll definitely be on the lookout for him this weekend to see what he brings against the Wildcats. Yeah, definitely with the Wildcats, with Villanova. Villanova is a team that will never stop for four quarters. They have learned that against JMU in the past. They were down a lot to Richmond heading into the fourth quarter at home in one of their first CAA games of the year, and they came back to win it against a Richmond team that is definitely better than their record and their ranking shows right now. So Villanova is extremely talented offensively. JMU, I have no doubt, will score points against this team, but they have to play all four quarters very well in order to pull out a win. Yeah, and with two strong teams playing each other, we got to look at we got to look at everything. Jamie's taken a handful of injuries over the last few weeks. What's that going to mean on Saturday? I think it's just going to be a chance for JMU to really survive and strive off of their depth chart. They have a lot of depth, and a lot of these players that we see on the lower end of the depth chart are phenomenally talented players. We just don't get to see it because there's so many other players that are utilized. Um, take Lorenzo Bryant Jr. as one. Seventh year running back. He's a great player. He's got a lot of speed. He's a very physical running back, but we don't see him that often. It wouldn't be surprising to see him get a couple get a couple yards against Villanova, just so that they have the ability to be flexible and use players that, that you wouldn't technically or really often see against some of these bigger opponents. Right. Um, on the defensive side, just real quick, MJ Hampton is almost back. Um, we don't know if he's going to play this weekend. Kirk Signetti told me today that he's almost 100%. 
Um, but I mean, back to the offense, you have receivers like Reggie Brown, who had a touchdown at the end of the half against New Hampshire. And that's a guy we haven't seen a lot yet. Um, we also have Kevin Curry Jr., who's kind of at the same level as Antoine Wells Jr. You just don't see him as often. And so he is definitely a secret weapon to watch as well. Yeah, great. And I want to go something back to something that you said earlier when you mentioned that the offense struggled a bit last game. In the post-game media conference after Jamie New Hampshire, Coach Signetti was quoted as saying, basically, this team did everything possible to lose the game. So tell me what's been changed, what's been improved, what should we look for as changes and improvements? What have you guys seen in practice this week at media day? What are they talking about that they're going to do to bounce back from, honestly, you know, a rough game? Well, I think it's interesting you mentioned that quote because what a lot of people see is the quote saying, we essentially sabotaged ourselves. But what people don't realize is that that same press conference and then again on Monday during the CAA coaches call and then again today at O'Neill's, you hear Signetti say, it was good for us to have that adversity and to be able to strive to get past the challenging times. Mm -hmm. A lot of people said that it started to look a little bit like Sam Houston. We all know what happened when we played Sam Houston. However, the biggest difference is that JMU pulled themselves together. They regrouped, they calmed down a little bit, and they were able to get the win. So I think that's going to be their biggest thing, remembering that they have the confidence, they have the weapons, and they have the consistency. As long as they play clean and consistent football, they should be able to handle Villanova very well. I think another thing to point out is what Cole Johnson has learned from that Sam Houston game to that New Hampshire game. You know, JMU collapsed against Sam Houston. It's not new to see that. But Signetti mentioned on that post game, you know, they know that they're going to make mistakes. They're older guys. And now it's about recovering from those mistakes. And that's exactly what JMU and some of those older guys did. I mean, if you also look at that quote, Signetti mentioned that it's about the turnovers and the penalties, and that's what he was referring to. And even Latrell Palmer today said at, after practice that that's all the focus has been on this week is not having fumbles because Villanova will take advantage of those. Right. And you both mentioned this. Uh, Maddie, you said it's going to be important that this team plays clean. I know penalties played a pretty, pretty big role against New Hampshire. Tell me what they've been talking about with that, what we saw in New Hampshire, and what maybe we'll see Jamie trying to avoid this Saturday. Well, what's interesting about just playing clean football is that this is something that JMU has dealt with every single game this season. Against Moorhead State, there were a few that Signetti said, okay, it was first game jitters. Then it happened again against Maine. Then it happened again against Weber State, UNH, and now we have Villanova. And each game has had a bigger impact. It's something JMU has to work on, uh, but it's also part of being an aggressive defensive team. Now, there is no excuse for a lot of small small penalties that JMU has committed. That is something very clear. That is something Signetti has made very clear. But at the end of the day, if they focus on the details when they're playing the aggressive defense that they are, they should be able to improve the penalties that they've been making. Signetti mentioned 1 in 30 today on O'Neill's. That's the average, that's the margin for penalties, 1 in 30. Um, the defense did a pretty good job on Saturday about that. The defense, as he said, only had about one, and he said he didn't really even think it was a good call. But the offense took a lot of false starts, they took a lot of holdings, and that prevented a lot of potential scores. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we've said, this is a big game. What does it mean if JMU wins, and what does it mean if JMU loses? 
So if Jamie wins, that's almost going to solidify them in that top five berth. Right now, they've been number three the whole season. Um, And as we saw last week with FCS football as a whole, that can change very quickly. Uh, a lot of top five teams only won by a couple points last week. So they will very much solidify themselves. They already have a win over Weber State, which is good. Um, if they stay up there, it's it's definitely hard down the stretch with the FCS. But staying in that top five is really vital for the playoffs. I think it's going to be something that really changes the momentum of this season. A lot of fans are going to look at the score and look at how this team has played so far, and they're going to see we're doing great. We're 4-0. But what fans sometimes don't realize is that 4-0 isn't enough for this team. They want to be completely undefeated. And that next step to being completely undefeated is to getting through Villanova. So I think a lot of it is going to be not only the statistical matchup that a top 15 matchup is, but it's also the confidence boost that they can handle a high-level, aggressive team and still be able to consistently improve and get to that 5-0. and If Jamie loses, honestly, I don't think it's going to kill their ranking. Villanova is number 11. Villanova has been on the rise all season. Um, Eastern Washington, who was number six, defeated Montana, who was number four over the weekend, and Montana almost didn't move. Eastern Washington honestly almost didn't move because it was so close in ranking. If Jamie loses, they're going to go down a couple, but it's not going to kill them. Um, They have an extremely tough stretch with Richmond and at Delaware, who's still in the top 10 right now. So this is a really important game, but if they were to drop it, which I honestly don't think they will, they won't go down that far. The only thing I would add is that if the if Jamie were to lose, it wouldn't necessarily seem as much of a statistical drop. I think it would mostly affect them mentally because this is a team that JMU is well aware that they have the ability to beat and are confident they can beat this weekend. So more than anything, I think it's going to be a mental defeat rather than a statistical or a ranking defeat. Right. Let's talk end result. As we've said, both teams have quarterbacks who are seeing good seasons both teams also have strong offensive and defensive lines. Is this going to be a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game, and why? This is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, Villanova will score, and JMU will score. Now, JMU's defense is at its peak. It's doing extremely well right now. That score of that New Hampshire game does not show what the defense did because they were honestly lights out. Now, I now Villanova will score on them because Villanova is very offensive. But while they have some really good, talented senior linebackers on the Wildcats team, JMU is going to get through there. But that passing game has to be there. I think the passing game is going to be really the difference maker. Who gets more creative? Who is able to get the one-on-ones? One of the big things that Savannah and I noticed with UNH is that we didn't see a lot of Antoine Wells Jr., who has become a very vital wide receiver for JMU. And that is because teams are starting to realize how important and how consistent he is. So having JMU rely on Chris Thornton or Kevin Curry or Reggie Brown, all of a sudden, that opens up the creativity in the playbook. The same can be said for Villanova as well, and that's what's going to be the biggest difference maker. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like this is going to be a really great game, and come on, we're playing in front of a, um, we're going to see a JMU playing in front of a huge sold-out crowd. So take a picture for me from the top, from the, from the press box, <laughs> get the whole crowd in there. <laughs> And I will see you guys on Saturday. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Jake. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I'm Jake Conley, and this has been The Morning Breeze.